0: All right. While you're finding your seat, if you can't see exactly into the baptistry or just watch the screens, uh, I have have Martha with me who is here to be baptized. I can tell you, listening to that song, not just in the context of baptism, but um, in the context of communion both, was so fitting because um, Jesus paid it all now to all. Uh, To him we owe. And that, that change, that transformation comes because of his power in our life. So, Martha, we're just going to ask you like we do everybody because we want to hear it from your own mouth. Like, why are you getting baptized? Why is this so important?
1: I'm ready to give my life to Christ.
0: Amen. So excited for you. Yeah. And we're going to repeat the good confession. All of you believers can do this with us out loud. I, I believe. I believe. Jesus is the Christ.
1: Jesus is the Christ.
0: The son of the living God.
1: The son of the living God.
0: Okay. Martha, I'm so excited for you, proud of you. And I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm so excited about this. But one more time, let's give it up for Martha. She just got baptized. Excited for her, proud of her. That is just awesome. That's just awesome. I love every single time somebody makes that decision. And uh, they take the plunge, literally. Um, it is, it's new life beginning, and we get to be a part of that and celebrate with them. So when you see her afterwards, uh, she'll be the one with wet hair. Uh, you might want to personally say, hey, for those of you online, thanks for joining us as well. Uh, you're in for a treat tonight. And I want, to give, I want to give a little grace to the next three weeks, all right? So we began this series getting real. I had my friend Lori come in. She talked about uh, the loss of her husband, which just happened three months ago. And maybe some of you were like, man, she was really articulate. Yeah, she's a public speaker. And uh, I knew it would be natural for her, even though it was personal. Uh, but everybody else we're going to interview from this series is actually from our church, and they're not necessarily public speakers But man, they have some stories to tell. And so we're going to walk our way through each of those. Um, Next week, we're going to talk about some things regarding substance abuse, backsliding, isolation, all of that happening in the midst of, of COVID and beyond. And uh, you're not going to want to miss that one either uh, from a friend of mine that I I know you're going to love hearing from. But tonight, uh, I have two friends. I've known them since like 2005 or so. They've been coming to community. They moved up here, Uh, Mike and Diane Nobles, uh, just super, super people. You're going to get to meet them. In fact, right now, why don't you guys make your way up here? Why don't you give them a great community welcome? Let them know you're excited they're here with us. Man, I'm going to lower these a little bit. Man, I can do it all, baby. I can even set the height of the chairs. <clears throat> right when I said that, this one didn't cooperate. You know, God finds different ways to humble us, doesn't he? Yeah. All right. Ladies first. You can hold on first to that. Variety. Okay. So let, let's just do this, kind of interu- introduction-wise. Um, you guys uh, have, if you saw in the picture, they have two children, uh, Mikey and Asia, and uh just beautiful kids great people and you guys have been here now since oh, it was 2005 right that's when you moved here um and they've been coming to our church ever since we i think we've been in a life group together we've done different things together and so i've, I've always just enjoyed being around them um but because of recent things, especially this year, as things unfolded, I thought, you know, man, I, I need to talk to some different people about some things. And it was, it was helpful for me to sit down and talk. Now, I'm going to give you a, one little thing. We, we sat down a week ago or so, a little over a week ago, and just kind of went through kind of what we thought we should talk about and how that was going to go. And, um, and I stopped and I said, by the way, we have to do this in about 35 minutes. And I said, we've been talking for two hours. And we weren't done. So we're going to do our best to kind of keep things moving, but I thought it was important for you to get to know them a little bit. So Diane, why don't you just introduce yourselves a little bit. Tell us about yourself, your family, what you do for work, anything like that you want to do.
1: Well, I'm Diane Nobles and my husband, Michael. We have two kids. I guess I didn't see any pictures, but.
0: Yeah. You want to show them that one picture? They were walking. Show them the picture of their kids. (laughs) So they they know that they we showed up to them. There it is, uh, my babies,
1: um, and um, yes, our babies. Yeah, <laughs> and um, we've been here 16 years in uh, May. And uh, what else? Oh, I do, I, I need, I do need to tell
0: you. Yeah, she she works in medical billing for doctors. Though I need to tell you this though, she's a Pittsburgh fan, yes. Pittsburgh Steeler football fan. Yes. Oops. And God help you. And then he's a Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs fan. And I was going to bring, I was honestly going to bring clips of Denver beating both of them. And I thought, we just don't have time. Okay, so anyway. Good, good. Because there were so many clips.
1: Yeah, I do medical billing and contracting. And um, my husband is chief one of the Forest Service.
0: Yeah, United yeah. States Forest Service. Yes, yeah, Forest Forest awesome. Service. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's do this too. I, th- I think it's it's helpful as you guys kind of unveil a little bit about your story and all that to kind of back up a little bit and just say you've been gracious to me a couple times in particular so the funny one for me was I think it was around a holiday time and I'm telling everybody "Everybody, I know it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever it was. I said just go get together with your clan and have a great time. (laughs) And so we come outside and Diane just comes up to me she gives me a hug she goes you know when you say clan (laughs) it doesn't feel the same way as when I say clan. (laughs) Oh, I've spelled it with a C, you know, so she's been very nice to me, and so when I say stuff like that, you know, so we have a good relationship about that stuff, so, uh, so thank you for that. Um, where did you guys grow up? Yeah, I'll let you go. You get to talk, too.
2: Yeah, I get to talk, too. Yeah, so uh, we both grew up in San Diego, and we both went to the same high school, um, and... Uh... No, wait,
0: you want to tell them about the high school thing? <laughs> Because I said, did you guys go to the was... same school? And she says, well, I went.
2: So, 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 real brief, right? Real brief. We went to the same school. She she was in class. I showed up to the place where I was supposed to be.
0: Yeah, he was enrolled.
2: I was enrolled, yeah. right? So, um, I, I, I had a challenge there attending uh, school. But, you know, so she was a cheerleader and I was, well, you can guess what I was if I wasn't attending class. Uh, <laughs> let your minds wander. Uh, but, so yes, yeah, she was very beautiful. She still is very beautiful. And she was, you know, the cheerleader, the honor student, and all of these things that, you know, you, as a father, you want your daughter to be. And then there was me, right? The, the one that didn't <laughs> attend school but she, was, but she stalked me. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, that was, that was in my own mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so we, we, grew up in, we grew up in San Diego, went to Lincoln High School. And uh, we uh, eventually met later on after we both graduated and had careers. And uh, we had a, a, a mutual friend. And uh, he, they were going to the beach together. I just happened to be hanging out. And uh, she stopped, and I just happened to hug her, right? Or she happened to hug me, or, or whatever it was. And uh, there was there was that spark. No right?
0: joke. When he's telling me this story, he told me exactly what she was wearing that day. So He yeah. still remembers everything it about this blue moment. Jeans
2: and, blue jeans and a white shirt. Because I was thinking, man, what can I wear today, right? In <laughs> her, her honor. I, and I normally don't spend this much time thinking about my wardrobe. I wear a uniform at work, so it's pretty easy for me to make these decisions. And then at home, I just put on what's ever around, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, I, so. let me let me say this. I don't know if, how much you want to go there. You want to say what you were doing when you should have been in school?
2: Well, so I was a, a thug, right? I was a, a gang member, right? I'm not you know, proud of it, but when I reflect back on it, how great God is, right? Because I never thought that I would end up to where I am right now. Yeah. Um, as a young child, I always prayed that, Hey, you know, God, I want to be married and I want to have kids. And then I went through that stage and never thought it was going to be. And, and look what God has done. He blessed me with a beautiful wife, blessed me with beautiful kids. And so it's a great God. So he's
0: a good God. And we probably won't. Yeah, that's all right. (laughs) Clap for that. Yeah. Uh, We won't have time to go into every one of these stories. Like I said, we got time to go here. Uh, we got time to, to watch, but, um, one of the things I love when he told me a story came out of that gang thing. Um, he had some people that kind of came into his life, like in, mentored him, encouraged him, challenged him to make, you know, this career that he has now amazing career. Uh, but he it says, it's not possible without somebody, you know, reaching back and pulling you along. So that was kind of cool. Just hearing some of that story. Um, One of the things about getting real is we want to get real with some of our conversations. And so I I said, I I want to ask you some things that sometimes maybe we would be awkward asking people. But um, how do we refer to people of your color um, when we're talking? Is is it black? Is it African-American? Is it people of color? Like, what what would you prefer? Because you can't speak for all black people. I can't speak for all white people. So what's your preference?
1: Um... Mocha goddess for me. But,
0: Mocha goddess.
1: <laughs> yeah! But, um, <laughs> no, I guess for me. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, that's good, that's good. You didn't give that to me earlier, I wasn't no. ready for that.
1: Uh, for me, uh, the term African American doesn't really strike me because I am not African. I am an American. And so I guess if you had to call me anything, uh, black would be the preference. Is that the same with you?
2: I was just going to follow your humility, Mocha <laughs> goddess.
1: Mocha goddess.
2: But yeah, I would prefer black. It's just works. Okay.
0: And, and probably one of those things where you have a friend um, just ask them what they prefer because it's going to be different for everybody. So it's one of those conversations to have. But one of the things that I loved about them when we talked about this is like the focus really isn't on our identity being found in our color, our, our identity is found in Christ. Amen. And we all have that in unity and, and together. And So that's one of the cool things about this. But we do want to talk about some of the things that happened this last year and actually led up to that. So maybe, maybe you guys could share a little bit of just your own experience with racism. What did that look like? Give me a, an example or two, if you don't mind.
1: Um, for me, I actually experienced more racism with my own black people. Mm. Um, I was too light to be considered. I wasn't black enough. And my speech was too proper. I guess that's the word to use.
0: Honor student.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But um, I never act like I was better than anyone or anything like that. But some just didn't like me because of that or, you know, my Your hair was too straight. Too straight. Yeah. yeah. So that's and I know that I talking with my friends who are Mexican, they I they identify with that too. I guess if you're lighter complected in Mexican families, you know, they're looked looked upon a little bit higher. So it's just um it's sad all the way around either way you yeah. what, but my husband oh my gosh he's been through some stuff so I'll let him tell you
0: Hey Mike lay it on get, get real with us buddy
2: So uh unlike my wife I have experienced uh a, a racism where uh, I was referred to as nigger um, nigger get out of here um, and I had you know as a gang member I did have a run in with the law and and just how I was treated, whether whether I was breaking the law at the time or not, uh, but just the the way the white officer would treat me in terms of my dignity, right? You know, you look at the police, and you you would think that they are at a higher level, and when I'm here to police you, not to to pass judgment upon you. And so, uh, so that's that's a, that's that that was a part of my upbringing. Uh, and then as I started to come through my career, uh, that's when I really started to get a lot of uh, racial tension um, and uh, pretty much really just trying to strip my dignity away, right? Trying to basically force me into feeling like I'm less than, a, less than my white counterparts, right? And So, so I, I, I experienced a number of, of that uh, coming up in my career. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, and it's, it's enraging, but that's, that's my story, so. Yeah,
0: so I know, I know that's just tip of the iceberg for you and your experience. Uh, and when we were talking in your home, um, we were probably an hour into it, and then I asked you guys this question, and then we were off for another hour, but how did the news of George Floyd's death how did that affect you? What, when you heard the news, like, what happened?
2: So, um, this, is, this is a sad state of affairs for me is because a white officer killing a black man wasn't new to me. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, so that's, that's how I was raised. I've, I've seen this my whole life. But what enraged me the most was that they took that individual, one, from their family, but there was a slow response. Um, to the criminal act that happened. You know, being a former criminal, um, that response was a lot quicker when I broke the law, right? <laughs> but then when, uh, when that person broke the law, there was a very slow response, and there had to be a public outcry before that response got amped up. And that's, that's what's frustrated to, frustrating me, is, you know, once again, going back to where the Constitution really didn't consider black people to be people, right? So in that case, uh, clear violation of law, by a law, uh, someone that's supposed to enforce the law, broke the law, and then the people that are supposed to have oversight of them were very slow to respond, and if there wouldn't have been uh, an outcry with rioting, there may not have been response. So that was frustrating for me.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Diane.
1: Um, For me, I just felt so much anguish. Just, um, it was just horrible. It wasn't based on race. It was how can one human being treat another human being like that? And, um, yeah, that, that's... Yeah.
0: I think, and I think, you know, we've talked about this. Again, it's hard to put it all so quickly because there's so much here... Um, so, so part of Mike's experience was this, that he had seen before from police, but as we've talked about it too, he's like, yeah, but not all police are like that. Uh, That's, but that's, it's happened enough that when that happened and then it literally went viral and it swept across the nation, there's people like Mike, because of their experience are like, I understand why everybody's so angry, you know? And then there's other people who are like, well, why are, you know, what did he do? Right? So instead of saying somebody took someone's life by putting a knee in his throat for eight minutes and that should just break our heart, there was like, yeah, but he had to do something. And that kind of a response from people maybe of a lighter shade of color, we're all people of some color, mm-hmm. even beige like me. Um, but that kind of response could probably is like offensive because it's like the reality is they're, they're discounting the taking away the dignity of a human life, whatever the color, you know
1: right and that that was frustrating um you know anyone get it going on facebook or anything a lot of people had different views and um it, you know a lot of people were angry a lot of people were um didn't understand a lot of people wanted to help the cause let's say but um it's just um it was just happening so much and then the young man who was shot by the, the um, father and son while he was jogging. Um, they were saying he may have been involved in a robbery, but that doesn't give a private citizen the right to follow you in a truck and gun you down. And as a Christian, I don't wanna see color. I don't wanna, I just wanna see people, but sometimes it gets a little bitter. Yeah. Sometimes it gets a little hard to swallow. And when people say, well, what did he do? Well,
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what he did. He jogged through the neighbor, his neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he did.
1: Yeah. And and that's it doesn't matter what he did. Um, so it, sometimes it gets a little Tough, but I'm so thankful we have the Lord. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how people can do it without him.
0: Yeah. So they shared with me some things that I thought were pretty cool. So we're talking about this, and it's painful just kind of reliving some of the stuff again. But um, you guys, without me asking you guys, but 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 there was some good things that came out of that. So tell me, like, what you saw? What were some good things that came out of this whole thing erupting in our culture back last, you know, June? Really, is when it hit. He had to ask permission to talk. I don't know if you caught that. That
2: was funny. That was a joke. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to snatch it. Yeah. That would be
0: counterproductive. Put your mic up here where we can hear you. Oh, okay, yeah. So uh, That's that's why we don't let you talk.
2: (laughs) So one of the things that I really enjoyed, and it's really a a part of my story, when Pastor John was talking about, there was instrumental people in my life that that gave me... um, nudging to go from one state of my life to the next state of my life and all three of those were white individuals and the only reason why I I talk about white individuals now because we're talking about race but like my wife you know we don't we try not to see color because that's not how I was raised it's just people but one thing I really love to see is when you saw the communities where the police officers that basically stood out against the George Floyd killing, and the police officers that said, hey, you know what, we got a community, at, we got a community hurting right now, what can we do? And they reached out to that community and they built a bond, right? And so when you saw those things on TV, those communities where they had mutual respect for one another and um, the, the community felt like they were valued because they were heard right i think a lot of this is sometimes you feel like you don't have a voice and that's probably the worst thing you can do to anybody when they feel like they don't have a voice so the only way they can respond is through anger and violence right and so the the the, the one of the values, one of the best things i saw were on multiple occasions across the country where the off the police and the community came together and they understood, hey, we're all have we all have a piece in this. So how can we get better and how can we get better? And my wife had a, a very keen observance because she's super smart, right? And uh, she was like, you, you notice none of those cities where the officers were engaged with the community, they didn't have riots. Right? And so that's one thing I really, really in, enjoyed because the media really spins you know, the the story and they wanna kinda of keep people in fear and then to see that that happening it was it was really powerful. Yeah.
0: Anything else you want
1: to add there? Oh yes, the the media. So the media is very instrumental in shock value and making us want to hate and they will make you think that we all hate each other, we don't like each other. And that's not true. And I saw a lot of love. And what I didn't see on regular TV was there were pro, the pro, friendly, not friendly, the peaceful. peaceful protests where people were locked arm in arm. Um, some did the ground thing, laid on the ground, and stuff like that. But you know, the media is terrible at shock value. So instead of seeing something and instantly getting upset and saying how horrible and. I think we need to stop and pray first yeah. and not react, not react. And because a lot of these stories, the truth comes out later, yeah. like days later, weeks later, the truth comes out. So um, don't judge people. Don't, don't think the best of people first.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, when this thing really exploded, there, there were riots. There, there was a whole movement that we've all heard of called Black Lives Matter. I noticed you guys didn't jump on that bandwagon. Can you, can you explain that as a black person not joining forces of Black Lives Matter?
1: Okay, so Black Lives Matter, if you're gonna get involved in anything, any group, anything, do your research, please. The first thing I did was read their manifesto. And as a Christian, they are anti-God, they are anti-family. Um, the term, I think if I was running that program
0: and you could have,
1: I would use, <laughs> you, you
0: could have written it the right way. It should no, not be
1: BLM. Yeah. If anything, it should, black lives should matter because that's what you had the BLM organization, but you also had people that cared about what was going on. So if you put the word should matter, then that doesn't alienate other people because a lot that I heard on um, the internet was uh, all lives matter, white lives matter, you know, uh, cops, uh, blue lives matter. And of course they do, of course they do. That was not the point. The point was we can't fix this until all lives matter and until it's recognized that, you know, brown and black people are just getting treated like dogs and killed in the street.
0: Yeah. I think, I think one of the things that I noticed in all of that, too, was there was this tension between, uh, I want to support people uh, of any color, um, but I also want to support police. Like, I, I maybe one of the toughest jobs in the world right now. Um, and so one of my really good friends, I told you guys this, I was talking to him on the phone today, and he says, you know, we can walk and chew gum. This is what he meant. We can support black people, and we can support police. It's not an either-or thing. You don't have to make a choice, you know. But we were kind of, I felt a little bit like that. If you kind of jumped on the bandwagon, then you were just anti-everybody over here. So that's, that's again, that's just compounding the problem even further. Anything else you wanted to say about that?
2: Just uh, the division, right? Um, black lives should matter, but then you go down, all lives should matter, right? <laughs> and so to, to Diane's point is not alienating anybody. But, you know... It almost seems like now days uh, on a number of things, you always have to pick a side, right? And there has to be division, and no one wants to understand that we're all different, right? We all have a unique part of this, and we all have baggage. We all walk a different, a different path. How do we get to know each other? And as Christians, you know, it really tests us in terms of, so how do you really love your enemy, right? Jesus modeled that, right? <laughs> And so we read it, and you're like, oh, I love my enemy. But then when someone really wants to call you a nigger, how do you show forgiveness and love to that person, right? Yeah. You know, and uh, it's not like God was like, oh, man, I'm like, I'm sorry you got in that position. I didn't see that one coming, <laughs> you know. I mean, he's, he's in control. Yeah. You know, he understands all that was there, so, I don't, so it's obviously there for a purpose. But going back to the point, just the division was what bothered me about when you get these groups. It divides and doesn't bring people together.
0: Okay. Yeah, maybe, how how do we say this? We would all, sitting in a church, we would probably agree with this statement. The thing that brings us together is Jesus. And if the answer doesn't include Jesus, it's probably not going to solve the problem. That's right. Man, that was really good. I didn't write that down anywhere. Somebody should tweet that. You can take credit. I don't care. Yeah. Man, but if it doesn't point to Jesus, it's not the solution. It's just really that simple. Uh, but there are some practical things I think we can all do. And I'm going to go back to your favorite movie because it's one of my favorite movies too. Uh, we were talking about this too. How many of you have watched? Let me see your show of hands. How many of you watched Remember the Titans? Oh, good. So most of you are going to understand this. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's probably free on Netflix or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but, but Diane, tell us why that movie is like a, a must-see for people.
1: Wow, it's a must-see because it strikes on everything. Um, uh, dealing with different personalities, uh, the football team has to come together. They go off to camp and they have to come together and. The white okay, students. Hold, hold
0: on just a second. Just in case you haven't seen it, they basically brought two different schools together, a black school and a white school. And now they are they have to become a team together on the football team when the, before they weren't even in the same school. But now they're having to figure that out. Yes.
1: Okay. And in that district, they were the only school that had black players. So they went off to camp. And, of course, during the bus ride, all the black players were halfway on one side and the white players on the other. And the coach said, everyone off the bus, and he made them sit next to each other. They didn't like that. Um, they, he made them room together. They didn't like that. And so what happened was on the field with practice, he got to them, he made them practice and practice and practice and said, until you get to know your counterpart, everyone, he made them get to know everyone on the team. Yeah. And then they came together. And of course, when they got home, Things were still separate, but yeah. it's a wonderful movie.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. They, they were definitely, like, the, the big difference maker was they got to know each other as people. Right. So, like, strong side, weak side, I'll be strong side. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You're strong side, man. You're strong side. I'm <laughs> I'm kidding. But they did this thing. It's like the, the two outside linebackers, one was black, one was white. And they're like strong side, weak side. And they, they became like really best friends and they hated each other at the beginning of camp, but they got to know each other as people. And that's why as that people. movie, that's what it's teaching us. We got to learn how to, to listen and, and get to know each other. You want to say something about that too?
2: Well, you kind of stole my thunder with uh, Julius and Bertier. Oh, uh, that was. <laughs> Because they were the piv, they were the pivoting point, right? Yeah. Because they were the two leaders, and they had the most, you know. I think it's it's anger and fear, right? Yeah. How I looked at that, you know. Uh, Julius was operating out of anger because he had been, you know, treated a certain way, and I think Bertier was operating out of fear because now he has to do something different, but he was always shown this way. And so, the the coach, Coach Boone, who was a great leader, just basically made them. You made them work together. And so through pain, and, and I'm really um, key on this because that's a part of my job uh, coming up through wildland firefighting is, is a team effort. But you when you struggle in pain together, you you begin to understand people for who they are, right? Yeah. When you are in the trenches, you're not seeing color. You're not seeing nothing. You're just like, okay. We're in this together, and that's once Julius and Bertier was like, "Hey, we're not doing this anymore." Yeah. They, but it was a, it was a rough it was a rough process. It wasn't like it was like ah oh, this moment. They had to go through the valley to get there. So
0: yeah, it's good stuff. Um, as as we do kind of like move forward, give us some other things you think, like listening, getting to know somebody. What are some other things that we can do to help? And it may not like change the entire culture, but it might change the way we we. Have a friend at work, or somebody we live near, or what? Like, what are some things we can do?
1: The easiest thing is just to talk to people. Just talk, ask questions. Um, when I was a volleyball coach and a cheer coach, to break the ice, what I had my girls do is write down: What's your favorite color? Do you have a dog? Do you cat? Do you have a brother, sister? And out of twenty questions, these girls got to know each other and what usually takes teams a long time to get to know each other, my girls were ready and playing within the next week because you throw a party and you just ask questions. If if your heart is true and you're asking in love, no one's gonna get offended. I would not get offended if you asked me anything, nothing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You you can't ask for anything, but we can, man. You should be offended you have anything you want to add to this?
2: No, it's just genuine conversation, right? People are people. Everybody wants to feel accepted, you know. everyone wants to feel valued. Everybody wants to be a part of something. You, you, we may sometimes think we don't want to be a part of something, but internally that's how God created us. Right? Yeah. There's nobody in the Bible that's, that's been by themselves for long periods of time. So
0: Yeah, yeah we need each other, right? Um, I'm going to go back to something Justin said in June. Uh, that, there's, a, there's a couple of quotes that will probably last with me the rest of my life, and Justin had one of them. And it was the week after the whole George Floyd thing hit. And he was, he was leading worship. And if you don't know Justin very well, his, his dad is black, his mom is white, so mixed-race family. And he said, uh, I was never black enough for the black kids. I was never white enough for the white kids. And then he said, I never felt like I belonged till I came to church. And I'm just like, Amen. <laughs> so... I so appreciated that because in the moment, it's like I, he, he had the pain, too, of watching what was happening. But he had that context like this is where we should be able to be like we're in this together. It doesn't matter the color of our skin. In fact, uh, in Revelation, I think it's chapter six. I, I should I should have the whole thing memorized by now. Um, but it's talking about this scene in heaven. And it says every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every people are going to be there. We're all going to be there someday. I think some people are going to be really surprised by the grace that they got there. And then, and then they're going to look around. It's like, they're here too. Yes, they're here too, right? So yep. I think it's a beautiful thing. So um, I, I had asked them. Uh, I wanted to process through the Word of God as well. And so if you follow it all on our YouVersion app and the Bible app, there's several scriptures there that, that they sent me. And I just want to re- read one of them it's in 1st John 3:15 it says anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him i mean hate uh, that's a that's a tough thing for a christian to claim like right? mm-hmm. and I, and i shared with them i said i i i'm sorry i don't understand when you when you read the history of some of the things that happened in the South with the Ku Klux Klan, not not the Klan of Klan I was talking about, but the bad Klan, <laughs> um, and these guys were like, they knew each other from church, they're deacons in the same church, and then they go out and burn a cross in somebody's yard. It's like how, we are not reading the same book, right? Um, and but this kind of hate, it says if you like you read through the whole letter of First John, it's like if you if you hate somebody else, you can't love God. You're, you're, we're not reading the same book. So uh, I just want to, I want to thank you guys for, for sharing with us. And maybe as I'm wrapping this up, you any one more thing you want to say? You got the floor. It's all yours.
2: No, I just appreciate the opportunity to to have this real conversation. And uh, because life is real, sometimes we're afraid to be who we are. I think we need to be, uh, we need to embrace who we are. You know, there's this poem out there that my greatest fear. You know, and we create God created us to shine, right? And so sometimes uh, we think we're not supposed to shine, and we we shy away from who we are. But uh, in Christ, we're supposed to be great, right? And so, hate and division and all this other stuff that is very superficial, uh, and it's it's a it's a distraction from the enemy um, to keep to keep us from being the church that God wants us to be, uh, in this, in, in this, uh, day and age. So, yeah. Diane.
1: Well, the only thing I want to say is that thanks for listening and just, um, Pastor John was talking about, yeah, racism is so big. Okay. It's just so, but only love's going to fix it. We only God and only love's going to fix it. And a message Pastor John gave us years ago, it seems overwhelming, but help just one. Just one. So there's a bunch of us, so one can make a difference.
0: Yeah, so we're going to have homework. And it doesn't have to be black or brown or any other shade, but just be intentional this week about finding somebody who's different than you. And start asking them questions. Don't assume that you understand their story just because of the color of their skin or what they drive, like their socioeconomic status. Like, find somebody different from you and just start start talking Um, and smile. And smile. Start with a smile. Start with a smile. It goes a long way, doesn't it? It Goes a long way. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. did say, and I love. There's so many good quotes from him, but one of them I love is, "It's always right. It's always the right time to do something right." Something like that, right? Yeah. And um, I think. If we, if, we, if we do this and we, we start the conversation with people at work, start the conversation with people in our neighborhood, start the conversation with people in our church family, you know, they may be different than us. I'm like, hey, I just, we're all on the same team. Let's, let's get to know each other a little bit better. I think we go a long way with that. So that's some of your homework. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm just calling an audible. I'm not going to have the band come up. I don't know if they're like ready to come up. The band's not coming up. We're going to sing. And if you grew up in church, this is the part that probably shouldn't be on the internet, but I'm going to sing. But I always tell people, I want people to come back, but I don't. So you're going to have to sing with me if you know this song. It's called Jesus Loves Little Children of the World. Anybody know that song? Okay, so I'm not totally alone in this. I don't even know what key to go in. So we're just going to do it. Are you ready? You know this one too, don't you? Put the mic up a little higher. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Jesus loves the little children, all the children in the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Yeah, that's, yes. that's a good reminder, right? I don't want to hear the band again anyway. They're so good. I just get tired of them. But I want you guys just to be thinking about this. And we're, we're going to just spend some time in prayer. That's, I, I, that's what I want to do with our last few minutes. I want to just spend some time in prayer. But I wanted you to hear that song again. And if you've never heard it, it's just this reminder. Like, Jesus loves everybody. And our job is not only to have our identity in Christ, but to love others as Christ would. That includes everyone. Even our enemies sometimes, you know. Um, I don't know if you guys follow anything everything I do on social media, but one day when the inauguration happened, I just said, "You know, our job as followers of Christ is to pray, to pray for our leaders. And I had somebody comment, like, I'm not praying for them. And some other people said, well, you should, here's why I'm not going to, it's like, but the reality is Jesus said, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And so my job is not to figure out, it's probably, there's some people out there I will never talk to, I will never meet you know, our president now, presidents, I'll probably never meet them, but I'm going to keep praying for them. You know, that's what we're, that's what we're called to do. But uh, let's just take some time and pray right now. If you would just bow your heads with me. Okay. God, thank you so much for uh, Diane and Mike. We thank you for their, their willingness to come up and just talk about some of this stuff. And I know, man, we just are just scratching the service of a much uh, deeper, longer conversation that we could have, but maybe it gets it started for, for many of us. I thank you for their willingness to, uh, to be here in this place and in this time and, and to share and be open with us. But God, I pray that you would be with each one of us, that we would represent you well. When we have those times when uh, the tension rises, when uh, it's, it's racial division or anything else that's separating people, that you would find us in the midst of that with a smile, with love, uh, listening. God, give us give us a better way to approach this stuff than just reacting and falling back on maybe some of the cliches that, that we're used to because of our background. Um, I, I pray, God, that we would spend more time in your word than we would listening to the news that's just trying to scare us, that we would have our foundation in you. And so, God, right now, I'm just going to give my friends in this room and these friends who are watching online just a time and a a quiet time just to pray. Maybe maybe you know one person that's had a rough time this year because of these issues in particular. I'm just going to give you a quiet moment just to pray for them by name, just silently from your heart to God. Go ahead. sometimes it's really hard to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and to truly understand what they've gone through, what they've felt, what they've experienced. But I just thank you for the opportunity to sit down with friends and talk and get to hear stories. And we ask God that throughout the rest of this series, we'll continue to do the same and just learn from each other uh, through even the painful struggles that we've experienced in this last year. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for uh, Jesus, for your, your example of love to everyone. For God, so love the world, the whole world. You gave your, your son. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys have a great week. Be blessed. See you next time.